So please tell me you know what that is. I'm going to give you a second. Do you know what theme song that is? Um, do, 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 do. Okay, enough time. So you haven't never had one of those nights where you were just scrolling through the television and you were trying to find something to watch and you come across the channel and you start hearing... I know that you guys had to watch Seinfeld at least once or twice. Like, that show is freaking funny. But enough of that. It is time for Moments with Mika. So before I get into the show, let me tell y'all about what happened yesterday. So I'm a really determined person. So when I say I'm going to do something, oh, I am going to definitely put everything together to do that. So I usually like to record my shows on Saturdays because I like to release the show by midnight on Sundays because we have a lot of listeners that's outside of the States. So they're in different time zones. They're in different countries. So I try to make sure that they can listen to the show as soon as it's released on Sundays because Sundays are usually everyone's chill day for the most part. You know, after you do what you do, a lot of people just kick back and relax on Sundays. Well... We did not get to record yesterday because it was a snowstorm here in Michigan. Well, in a lot of states, we got a lot of snow. It's really cold. Like today, it's like 8 degrees outside right now. It's going to be going below 1, I think, tonight. But I was determined yesterday, y'all. Like, I was determined to record my show because I was thinking to myself, if I can drive in this type of weather to get to work, I can drive in this type of weather to record my show. And you know what Detroit is, we say all the time, like, that's just a little bit of snow. We're used to it. So we drive in it. We don't care. We're used to snow. We get it all the time at the same time every year, right? So I put on my snow gear and everything yesterday, right? And I got in my car, getting ready to record my show. You know, I'm having a good old time. I'm in a good mood. I'm motivated. So I got my music blasting, right? So I started driving. You know, I had to play this music because this is how I was feeling on the inside. Like, I was driving my car. I didn't make it 10 minutes. I'm driving. I'm going. Got the music playing. Eating me some breakfast while I drive. Next thing you know, I hit a wall. Totally did a donut and hit a wall. Didn't hit it bad. You know, I was able to get myself out of it. Somebody helped me. And then I turned around and went back home. Did I make it to record on Saturday? No, I did not. But, (laughs) but I did try. I tried everything. Like, I was so upset that I could not, you know, record my show like I always do on Saturdays. But it's a balance with everything. You got to make sure, although you want to do what you want to do, you got to make sure that you first protect yourself, think smart, you know. And that's not what I was doing yesterday. I was just, I was in it to win it yesterday. I was like, you know what? No, I'm doing this. No matter what the weather say, all this kind of stuff. And I didn't think about the fact like, yo, you could get in a real bad accident. And what is moments with Mika without Amika? You feel me? So (laughs) I wanted to share that because it was so funny how determined I was. I was so determined. I'm like, I'm about to get out here, do this recording. I'm about to show Mother Nature that. She don't, she don't control nothing over here. I got this. Nope. Nope. Did not make it. <laughs> but now it's time for the show for real. All right. So let's get into this topic today. All right. So the topic that we have today 
is about rape. And not just rape, but rape in the workplace, rape in schools and churches. It's just a big conversation about everything that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Absolutely. And looking at the statistics, like, it is a serious thing. And, I mean, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed in a more controlled environment before people are finding out about it the wrong way. Right. So when you look at the statistics of everything, every two minutes, somewhere in America, someone is being sexually assaulted. Now that is crazy. So that means before, as we begin the show, and as we left the, the intro, and as I told my story, at least two people were raped that's in America. 15 by the end of this episode. Yep. And that's 15 too much. Absolutely. And the point of it all is where can we actually be safe to talk about these things where is it safe where can we go that we'll feel like someone else won't attack us well like the conversation we were just having um with uh my man's in there uh the best place for this to actually be started or addressed is at home um like far less people are being educated on the dangers of rape in the household before they even walk out into the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, you hear, when you do hear it, it's something negative. Oh, you're wearing that, you must be wanting somebody to, no, like, address the, the entire situation. Address uh, what to do in that situation. Address uh, how to be able to talk to anybody about that situation. Mm-hmm. So that you don't feel that it's all on you. like. People are made to look like the victim before they even the victim of rape. Right. Right. And if someone is in your family doing something to you, it's, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. And it shouldn't be that way. But it's like we were raised that way. Um, and we were taught that by right. our parents and them by their parents. Right. And it has to stop. Like one out of five women, one out of 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives. And that's statistically speaking, that's That's not saying it. Yeah, that's very rough. rough. So that means that, let's say you have a family, you have five sisters. It's saying that one of your five sisters, maybe even you, could be a victim of rape. And it says that most people are more likely to get raped by someone they already know rather than an actual stranger. Right. And I look at that and I've actually, you know, did a lot of reading about that to see, you know, why that is. And that's because these people, they they learn your movements. They learn your household. They learn, like, even looking at that, that R. Kelly document, that mm-hmm. documentary, mm-hmm. it was, you know, he selected the people based off of if they were going to be more prone not to give problems. So if you have a strong family unit and, you know your family know you don't lie, you telling would be believed. So why would I mess with you? Mm-hmm. But if everybody looks at this other person as the black sheep, the liar, the person who's not going to be truthful about anything, you know, that looks like more of a target for the for whatever you want to do. Because, like, no one's going to believe you anyway. Right, right. And it's, it's sad to actually hear that because, you know what, it's getting more common and I hate to put the church into this, but it's getting very common and hidden by churches. And, and this is the thing. It's like 
it's not getting more common. It's, it's because of social media. It is getting talked about a lot more. Right. But it's like for, you think about, for everything that social media brings to light now, mm-hmm. how much more was it happening when no one else would talk about it? It's true. Because like they said, statistically, 6% of people victimized in churches or by a member of the church, like someone in the church knew. Mm-hmm. Someone else, other than the person who was being victimized and the person who was doing it, someone else knew. Right. So, like, with that being the case, it's it's like not only does victims not speak out, but there's also people in the church who see this happen and they don't want to say that, hey, I encourage this, this behavior, but you do. Because Actually, you do nothing about it. You're encouraging the behavior. Actually, I'm glad that you said that because I looked up some more statistics about, you know, churches mm-hmm. and the sexual assaults that goes on. And there's a Bayard University. They did a study on the clergy sexual misconduct and found out that 3% of women, church women, have surveyed and they've said that they've been subjected to inappropriate sexual advances or actions from the clergy at some point in their lives. But an additional 8% of women said that they knew about the instances of the clergy sexually misconducting themselves that was happening at the church that they were attending. So you're right. Like, it's a lot more people that actually sees it, but they don't say anything. Absolutely. And that, that, that actually fuels the whole the whole rape mentality because like if you know someone can catch you and they're not going to say anything about it or someone can know about it and they're not going to say anything about it like those type of people like start to act like they're invincible right and like like again even looking at the whole little R. Kelly thing Mm -hmm. because of stipulations is the reason he's still free Mm-hmm. Stipulations to the law. No, we seen that you had it, but the way we got it was illegal, so we had to throw it out. This that that kind of stuff helps to prove that you could turn a blind eye to something if it meets your need or it doesn't fit the exact parameters of how you found out. And that that should not be acceptable. If you do wrong, then you need to be held accountable for it. You really should. But what about And then going to the church. Right. That's your safe place. It should be your safe place. It should be. But I've seen with social media, you know, bringing that up again, I've seen a lot of cases where it hasn't been. Remember, right. I, so I sent you a video, right? It was a video on Facebook, and a young lady was going live to tell a story about what has been happening in her family. Right. And it so happened that it was a pastor that was in New York. Um, his name was, was Matthew. Where? New York. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Matthew Gibson, and he's the son of a bishop at Progressive Baptist Church of Brownsville. He was charged of sexually assaulting and raping his 14-year-old daughter. And it was said that the fa- his father was raping him. But this is all going on in a church. But this was going on for years. But didn't they say it was also somebody else in the church found to be doing the same thing? Because... Um, he admitted to his crime. He did. And he's going to jail. Yeah. But she was also calling... The grandfather. The, well, he's a bishop, right? Yeah, he's the, a bishop the, now. yeah that's the grandfather. Um, so they was calling to have him arrested as well, but there's no one who actually stepped, out, stepped up to say that this happened to them and it was him who did it. 
Right. And it's not like it's denominational related. Like, this is happening in the Mormon church. This is happening in Catholic church, Baptist, mm-hmm. Pentecostal. It does not matter what religion it is. It's not just one. Right. It's like it's happening a lot. And did you know that the Catholics have seven rules that they abide by before they even get the authorities involved in any of the um, sexual misconducts or anything right. that happened in their churches? That's Absolutely. why over a thousand people... A thousand, um, they didn't say like they didn't give an average of who it was, but over a thousand misconducts were under wraps because you know they oh, did yeah, not tell them. Yeah, you can go somewhere else, you can go to another church, or we can move the pastor somewhere else so right. that you feel comfortable. But we don't want to put shame to the entire church. And that's the thing if these are the kind of people that you're harboring, um, when it does come out, that's even more of a shame. But with uh, the statuses that churches have and, you know, being faith-based, mm. um, it has a lot of people's support. So these things, even when they come out, the first thing you say about the victims when they come out is, well, what did she do to bring him on? Exactly. It doesn't matter what she did. If you have taken a leadership role as a pastor or as some kind of counselor or even a doctor, if you've come in a position where people confide into you, it doesn't matter how they come, because you tell them to come as they are. Right. It doesn't matter how they come, what they do. You are supposed to have the authority and the wherewithal to know that this is not what you're supposed to do. Right. And right. you're supposed to be able to educate them on how they're coming and not fall victim to some meaningless temptation. Right. But the, you know what? Crazy thing is, not only is the church covering this stuff up, but schools, colleges are big Absolutely. on covering this stuff Absolutely. up. Like they do it a lot, especially if it has anything to do with an athlete at a college. Oh, they're going to cover it up. They're going to cover or it up. Or any good. of the elite societies also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to cover it. If it's a frat thing, sorority thing, oh, mm-hmm. you're not going to hear about it. It's going to be a campus investigation and that's where it's going to stay. Right. And it's like, when are we going to start talking about this? Like, this is actually important. People are getting hurt, you know, and they're afraid to say anything because no one, you know, it's always looked up, looked as, you know, as they're trying to play a victim. Or it's not railroaded. Yeah. And it shouldn't shouldn't feel that way. Right. They shouldn't feel that way. Like, and it's happening at work also. Like, you know, the whole thing, I forgot the guy name, that was the gymnastic coach right. that was sexually assaulting, you know, the women that he was coaching. Like, it's happening so often that we're forgetting these people. We're forgetting to talk about these things when it's it's very important. Absolutely. And um, with, with this going on now, like, I really feel like there's not really going to be uh, the way it's progressing or the way it's still treated. It's like we're never going to address it in a manner in which it doesn't become taboo unless we start addressing it in the home. Yeah. Unless it starts to become one of the pillars of educating your children of not to do this and, you know, how to be able to speak up for yourself and the meaning and value of honesty. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be swept under the rug. Yeah. Because there's always a basis or there's always a way that people can try to discredit you. And instead of just listening to your story and really addressing what the real problem could be, because if this person did it to one person, if this person did it to their daughter, mm-hmm. they would do it to anybody. Exactly. Exactly. They don't have a shame of who you are, what you are. 
you know. And it's like I've, I've tried to research why would someone do this, and I keep on seeing power, you know, or wanting power or authority over a person, and the reason why they would do it. But it's like there's no good explanation on why a person, like a, a pastor or a teacher, a professor or a coach or a manager, is no good explanation on why these people, like, in places where you're thinking that you're safe, in places where you're supposed to be working, in places that you're supposed to be worshiping, why these people are abusing men and women. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, I don't want to exclude the men, because it's happening to men as well. The number may not be as high, but it's still happening. You know? Right. And it's something that we got to focus on. But the wildest number... And the wildest number that, that really got me was mm-hmm. 99% of rapes are committed by men. Yeah. Yeah. 99%. Now, that means there's a one percentile of women out there that, that does it. But it's how we address our boys now. Because if mm-hmm. 99% of men are the culprits, mm-hmm. you really have to look at how do you educate your boys to be men and not engage in this kind of behavior. Right. It's it's really manhood training. And I looked at this, and I, I said this once before, because when you listen to the radio, like, they have this girls' conference coming up, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, uh, women empowerment conferences, mm-hmm. and they have all of these conferences to address how women can be better women. Mm-hmm. But right now, there are no conferences to address men being better men. Yep. Or growing up to be, you know responsible individuals Mm -hmm. it's like you don't want them to fall into the gang mentality you don't want them to fall into the streets but what alternatives are really being so yeah you say you you manifest it and it could come to you they say I did manifest it and that pack came to me This, this was my manifestation right it showed up it was my way and I was good at it so I made it happen so, like, it's it's definitely different ways people can handle different situations. They can. But it's all going to boil down to your past life, what you've already experienced, mm-hmm. and your current set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. If you feel like there's nobody else, it's just you. If it's just you and your fellas, if you look up and all you got is your peers as your shoulders, then we're going out here and getting it. You ain't got no adults telling you what to do and what not to do. So you got to figure it out. That's true. And you ain't got time to figure it out. Broke. That's true. Being broke is the most disgusting thing you can be on the planet. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's being broke and being ignorant to almost everything. Now, yeah, that's, that's, that's that's the most thing. That's, I think that's the reason why I'm trying to um, learn more, read, read more, because I don't want to be ignorant to things that I am supposed to know that other people have knowledge to that other people have grown up and known whereas my community we haven't had that so we got to teach ourselves that like we got to teach ourselves stock you know we have to teach ourselves about the market so that's why i'm taking so much time but i believe that um if a person stayed on the right path or what they consider to be the right path i think that they can draw things to them like i've been waiting for years to meet people that were be around a group of people that were like me. Because growing up, I did not, like, I, I didn't fit in. So most people, I did not fit in at all. So I'm looking for, and it, it sometimes your peers is not really who you're supposed to be with. Yeah. 
So for me, I'm looking for my, and I guess the right word to say is my tribe. Um, <laughs> my my crew, you right. know, them people that are supposed to be there that you feel comfortable with. Like, I didn't even feel comfortable with my own family. So yes, I feel like if you stay down the right, like the right path, things like this will start building up, will start happening for you. Whereas these days you see other people's lives on internet, on Facebook, on Instagram and stuff, and everything may seem lavish, but they not, yeah, they're not going to show you. They take a picture. Yeah, they're not uh, going to show you everything. Like, no one can sit on there and just take a picture all day, every day, and still have it. Like, they have to do, they don't show you the work it took to get to that. Right. So, a lot of people make it seem a lot easier. Now, making a wrong choice is a big, it's a lot different. Yeah. Making the wrong choice back in the early 90s or something like that was really a matter of life and death. You didn't see the rest of the world or what everybody else was doing. It wasn't about, oh, well, he got this, so I need to go get this. Or this person over here in Georgia got this. There wasn't no internet like that. Nope. What it was is, I don't have this, I want to have this, I need to have this, let's get it. Alright. Now, kids who do it is it's totally different. It's totally for a shallow reason. It's not for the necessity of life, it's for the necessity of flashing. Oh yeah, because we want to we show people, I got this, All I right. got it. And it's like, that brings me to my next thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, with this, of trying to stay down the right path. So I recently watched Travis Scott's um, documentary, I guess we can call it, right. on, on Netflix, saying it's called uh, Look Mama, I Can Fly. And in this, it showed how, you know, when he was younger, he liked the instruments, his father liked the instruments, and it showed him having a show, a concert, well, kind of like a show. It looked like at a, like a festival. And it was about 15 people while he was on stage. And he was still trying to do his thing, hype everyone up. But out of those 15, like a couple people was there with him, like his friends and his friends' girlfriends right. and stuff. So he didn't really have a fan base like that. But it hey. shows how he just kept down. But he was turned. He kept down his own path. But one thing that stood out to me, and I'm glad that he put it in there, is it showed a moment where he was nominated for two Grammys. I believe it was the best rap performance and. I think the best rap song, I think the song was Sicko Mode with Drake. And he, he found out three hours early before the Grammys that he did not win the rap song award. Okay. But when he got to the Grammys, they told him, hey, go down to the tunnels. They about to announce the best rap performance. He was in the tunnels with the lights getting ready to go on stage. He was there with Kylie. He was nervous and everything. And you seen him sitting there, you know, moving his arms and stuff. And they say, they said the winner, and it was Carly B. You've seen his head drop. And he walked away, and he was upset. And he talked about how he went into depression about right. it. And a lot of people don't post those type of fails. Like, that was a big thing for him, like, to try to get this Grammy. But I'm glad that he posted it because it showed that we don't always win. We can't, oh, you can't win everything. Like, I have... I have not won everything. Like, I know that I don't post all my failures, but I try to be transparent. Like, it was a lot of stuff. I wanted to go out of state to college. I wanted to go to an all-black college and everything like that. I tried to get scholarships. I was denied for scholarships and everything to try to afford to be able to go to college in different states. And it's like, you cannot win everything. It's not possible. You're not going to win every single battle. And I think that 
That's what it is. Some people take shortcuts because they just want to win. And it's like you cannot, you can't win all the time. At the same time, you look at that, like, he has a track record of winning. He, yeah. he sees what his hard work can bring him. Yeah. So, falling into that depression, you know, it's like, I put in all this work, I had all this success, and this is where I want to be. Right. Like, that hurts. It does. But, you know, to look at somebody who decides to go the wrong way with it, they may not have that track record of wins. Right. They may have nothing but L's in their book. And they like, you know what? I'm sick of losing. Making those decisions are I'm sick of losing decisions. But at the same time, some some people will consider their win to be a lose. Like me, since I'm just now trying to be more optimistic, I consider I used to consider myself to always lose at everything. Like literally always losing something. Always Something negative, not definitely not winning, but in other people's eyes, because they were on the outside looking in, it was like you still winning, whether you think it's so. I think that it's, I don't yeah. think that people always, always lose. They may consider themselves to be losing in a situation, but they could be winning because you could be learning something and it gives you more, more push That's for the next true. thing. And I think it's one guy that was on there, I don't know where he's, I think he's the mayor in Houston, he might be the mayor in Houston. Not sure what state he is in or what city. But he had said, he told Travis when he had told him that he was real depressed, he said, what are you depressed for? He said, I ran for mayor three times. Three times. He said, I lost two years in a row. I, he said, I lost. Kept losing. You know how embarrassing that was? He said, but I didn't stop. I kept going back. And he said, I'm the mayor now. You feel me? Like, I didn't stop because I lost here. Yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing, but you pick it up, you shake it off, which is hard to do to lose in front of Absolutely. everyone. It's hard. But picking it back up and then just carrying it and then just making more strides to win for next time is what most people appreciate. Like, I appreciate I had a newfound love for Travis Scott after that. I actually downloaded his CD and everything. I said, I'm going to be a fan now because it's like you show your loss and you show yourself like, you know what? I was depressed. But I'm going to shake it off. And it shows the reality. No matter where you're at, if you're famous, no matter how Absolutely. much money is in your account, no matter if you're dating the most beautiful woman in the world, you're going to lose sometimes. Right. And, and that shows the reality portion of him. Yeah. To show that, you know, what you may see is, oh, he's winning, he's winning, he's winning. But no, he lose too. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a beautiful thing. And another thing is, like... A lot of people are more critical on themselves. Right. So everybody on the outside may see, well, you did win here. Right. You did win there. No. Because even when you say that's a win, maybe it didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. Right. Maybe it wasn't as good as I envisioned it. Right. In your mind, that's going to be a loss. I did something, but eh, it wasn't what I was looking for. Right. I lost. Right. I didn't do it to my fullest potential. You're going to always be more critical on yourself. Right. That's why depression happens within. Because it's like, you look at this situation, you put in this work, and if it doesn't meet your expectations, what did you actually do? Exactly. That's what you feel. Exactly. Now, it could have changed everybody's life in the room. Everybody in the room, their life is different. Because they're like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Nah, it wasn't what I envisioned. Mm. Whatever. 
So, I mean, it's good to see that, you know, you can be successful and lose too. Oh, yeah. And you can bounce back from that loss. Mm-hmm. And you can you can speak about real emotions in that loss mm-hmm. because that will help other people be able to relate more. It do. It do. But to know that you win sometime also, it is a beneficial thing also. So, like, to be able to actually step back and look at, but I did this. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that keep you away from making those bad decisions or the wrong choices. Uh, looking back to say, hey, you know, that did work for me when I tried that. Maybe I could try that again. Right. That was all right. Instead of saying, hey, you know, today is dark. Yesterday was dark, and last week it was dark. I'm going to make me some light. You got to. I mean, I feel like I have, well, for the people that really knows me, well, I'm not going to say really knows me, but the people that have grown up around me, they know, like, I have lost in front of people, and I have taken it back. And I have criticized myself. Like, I am my worst critic, and I'm working on that. But I see now that that loss prepared me for something else, you know, that's better. Right. So it's like changing your thinking, like going from where you were, going from this lifestyle that I was, and then dropping down and having to build back up makes me appreciate, you know, everything else. Very true. It Very is. true. I, and I have seen that. I've experienced that firsthand. So it's like... One, it, get, it lets you know about the people around you. Right. Who's really solid, who's not. Then it also lets you know that, I mean, you can lose. Be prepared. Set your mindset. Learn from this. Mm-hmm. And as you build back up, yeah, sometimes you be a little finicky about touching anything else. You be like, oh, wait, is that a loss waiting to happen? Right. I got a column full of L's. I got a basket of L's. If somebody want to buy L's, I got them on sale. <laughs> So I done took L's, but when I look back at it, it's like they're lessons. There's it's lessons that has been in every one of them to perfect what I'm doing next. Right. So I see, okay, I did this, and all of these parts of it was great. So why didn't it make it? Oh, because you didn't do this well. Right. Okay, you know to correct that. And then with the next idea, why didn't that work? Because you didn't do this well. So if you're able to take those losses and build off of the knowledge you gained from those losses... It's like, even if you look at how much money you lost in those situations, that's college tuition. You learned something. You learned a lot. You learned a lot more than other people because you have something that you can put on a resume. Right. You have experience at it, and you have experience at it not winning. So, you know firsthand when it's going south. Right. You don't have to wait till it goes south and be like, well, I didn't see that coming. You see the signs of it's going south right now. And you can make corrections and adjustments early. That's an advantage. Because a lot of people have to wait till they're in the middle of it's over. Before they're like, oh, it's over. Right. You can see, oh, you know what? It's time to make some adjustments. That ain't looking right. That looked familiar. Let's go ahead and make some moves. So, definitely, there is small victories and losses. Mm-hmm. And, like, you got to just believe in yourself. I Believing think that, yourself is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. But you have to do it. That is one of the hardest. And I think that me and you, we actually share. I wouldn't even consider it to be a... Well, I guess we could consider it to be an L. How when we first started the show, the first couple shows, thousands of listeners. Thousands of listeners. And then you get down to like episode probably episode 11, 10, and everything just drops. Like 10 people. Like it, it like completely, <laughs> hey, wait, completely happened? dropped. And I'm not going to tell you, my feelings was crushed. Oh, I know. 
I was pissed off because I was like, you know, I got all these men. I'm like, I got all these people. I got over 100 people in my family. But you know what? Men. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I I told myself, and I had to have people around me tell me, like, it doesn't matter the number. And then I started, like, over time hearing people saying, yo, I listen to your show. It really helped me. And then that made me change my outlook on, okay, whereas it was thousands of people, you know, listening to a show. The first show is at over, like, over a thousand listens, whereas you start trickling down and the numbers start getting lower. But you have people that are appreciating the knowledge that you're right. giving. And so... Did you touch somebody? Right. So my thing is, that's that's the best thing about, like, taking the right road is knowing that it might not be a lot of people. It may not be a huge amount of people, but as long as one person appreciates what you're doing and one person can get some help from it and you can try to start helping the people around you, it'll grow. Right. As long as you're doing it what you consider to be the right way. That's it. Go back to that Travis Scott show. It yeah. was 15 people. Yeah, and about four or five of them was his friends. So turned down for what? <laughs> Never turned down because do of a what number. what you're supposed to do. Right. You got to. I mean... It's struggles out here. We all don't start something and then it just kaboom. You know, some people are blessed to have that happen, and that's a blessing. But it's it doesn't happen for everyone. It's very rare. It very is very rare. And I think it's the the age of social media that it seems like it's it happens more than right. it really does. That's why everybody's moving to the get get rich quick schemes and all of that because they feel like well, all these people has just exploded. That's all these people compared to the world. Right. That's less than half of a percent of the people in the world has exploded like that. Exactly. So with that being the case, I mean, it's very rare. Man, it I almost thought about doing some twerk videos for the show. I said, man, I know I can get a, a Rick. I know I can get us some listens. I can get us back up to them thousands, man. Do one about two or three twerk videos, and that's it. But what are you... they listening for the right reason? Exactly. So do things organically. Right. Period. Like... Let it happen. It'll flow together if you're doing what you're meant to do. And I think this is what... I mean, you might not be meant to do just one thing, but one thing can open the door for something else. Yeah. I believe that. Then you also find the fulfillment in doing what you wanted to do. Right. Like, it's not all about being acknowledged for doing what you wanted to do. Right. It's mostly about doing what you wanted to do. If you felt like it can help somebody and you really want to do this and you really want to contribute this, do it. Contribute. Somebody is being helped. Right. If you want to help the world, I advise you run to be a president or... Not even that. If you want to help the world, start off small. Start off with maybe the homeless people, like how we did. Help somebody. We helped the homeless, did the interviews, passed out some money. And it's not even about that, but it's just about lending a hand. Those interviews actually gave more insight on how you can help. Right. Like, actually talking to those people, it wasn't that they were miseducated or Mm -hmm. they were... Like ex criminals, it was mental health. Right. Most of the situation was mental health, mm-hmm. and they made a conscious decision because there was no other help for them to be able to protect their family. Right. So, like that gives you an idea of what direction you can work in. Mm-hmm. It's not all about hey, just give them this, give them this. Right. Because the one guy he didn't need that. Right. He was out there because it's not safe for him to be at home. Mm-hmm. He's been out there for years because it's not safe for him to be at home. Right. So don't give him money. Give him help. Give him a way to make it safe to be home again. Exactly. Give him a way for him to be able to let his family know that it's okay and he's not going to just wake up and kill everybody. 
Because that was his biggest concern. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to touch those people really helped me tremendously. That's why yeah. I say, do what you feel is right, and you will find the path along the way. You will. I definitely would advise people to do the things that you want while you still have a chance to do it. Because you nobody wants to look up. And then, you you know, it's years down the road, and you didn't try what you, you know, really wanted to do. I say, if you want to jump off a plane, just make sure you have a parachute on. Uh, hey, hey, if you don't want to have a parachute on, I mean, consult a physician first. It's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. Think about it. And, hey, still, do what you want to do. Right. Live and, your best life. And don't let fear get in the way, because fear is a... A huge one is especially something that I am working on. Fear, rejection, pride. Get those out the way. If you want to do something, forget about what everybody else is going to think about it. Because people are going to think a certain type of way either way. Look, there's negative people everywhere. Yeah. There's people who hate the fact that you got up and decided to decide this morning. Like, oh, you decided to do something? Because they listening to what other people are saying. They following the rules that they think that they have to do. You're supposed to do nothing and be depressed. And you want to do something and be happy. Look at this smiling. You smiling? Wow, you out, your, out of your box? <laughs> That's what we doing now? I hate people who just walk around smiling. People say that. Yeah. You be like, why do why you hate people who smile? What you so happy about? You know what? Bro. I <laughs> I went to McDonald's one day, <laughs> and I heard these these girls that was working there. I hate it when people be asking for ketchup and condiments. You hate it when we ask for condiments? Oh, sweetheart, wrong place. But I'm telling you, people will find little things and just to hate. hate. <laughs> so, it's going to happen regardless. So, since you know it's going to happen regardless, just do it. I mean, yeah. people hate the fact that I changed my hair color so many times. And they get, it irritates them. It literally irritates them. I don't know why. But, Is hey. Is it their hair? Are huh? you dying their hair? I Are know. you taking their hair or dyeing their hair and putting it on your head? When you quit all of that work and that effort that you, you want to say you put in, you can relive those glory days in your mind, but it meant nothing because you quit. That's true. You threw it away. That's true. Like in the middle of, a, in the middle of finishing a puzzle and you just quit, there's no Guinness records for quitting. Uh, you can look in the Guinness book. There's not nobody who quit the fastest, that, who made the record. Doesn't happen, right? Because no one cares about the quitter. No, you didn't do anything. No, no, no one cares. A quitter never wins, and a winner never quits. Matter of fact, in a hundred yard dash uh, in the last Olympics, who got a DNF? I don't know. Right. No one knows who didn't finish. Right. You didn't finish. We don't care. Right. The thing is, we got to learn that obstacles and setbacks. Happens to everyone. Right. And sometimes it happens just because. And sometimes it happens because it's a test to see, can you handle this obstacle so that you can get to the next step and deal with this other obstacle that's going to come? Right. Are you made for the next level? Are you made for this? Can you handle this? That's the thing that people need to understand. Can you handle it? Right. Can you handle that check that you keep on wanting? Can you really handle that type of money for real, for real, without losing your mind? Right, like you, you looking for the millions, but like you quit after you lost a thousand. How much money does Apple lose a year? Mm-hmm. Just lose, but they're the first company to hit a billion dollars. Was it a billion or a trillion? Uh, I, think uh, I think it's a billion. Tr- no, a trillion. It has okay. to be more. But yes, we get that. They're the first company to hit this marker. First company ever to do it, and it's not because they didn't lose. 
the years that they got rid of Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. They were losing, losing. Yeah, they was. They they were about to be over with. They were going to go under. And now they're the first company to hit a trillion. Yeah. Like, that's that's the never give up mentality. Yeah. Can you get past these roadblocks? You're going to be faced with all kind of roadblocks in everything you do to be successful. And you have to be able to face that roadblock, like we just said. And move past it. Yeah. And it can't be so daunting that you're like, no, nah, I'm done. Right. Because the moment you're done, mm-hmm. it's over. That's it. So I hope that you guys take in all this information that we're giving you. It's a lot of great information to just dwell on before you get into 2019. So that you can set yourself up with these qualities. And you could be a champion in itself. And we can all build and grow with each other. Absolutely. And this list that we just went over the 10 traits, I will be updating it on the website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mwmovement.com, M-W-M-O-V-M-E-N-T.com. Yes, that means there's no E after the V. You love that part. I love that part. I love saying that. <laughs> no E after the V. Mm. All right, y'all. Well, I got to get on out of here because I got to get a facial done today. Really? Yes, yes. I got to get beautiful for 2019. Sis can't be going in there looking any old kind of way. You feel me? I feel you. But uh, it was beautiful. And you all have a great year. We love y'all. But as far as religion goes, this is faith in what you you can't always prove. So it's like to say that now we've proven that your ancestors got uh, your religion based off of it was forced on them. But you don't know, uh, or if you haven't taken the time to go back and study what came before that, like you're going to be stuck with this belief system. So knowing your ancestors went through this to get this belief system, until you have something else to believe in, then, I mean, this is what you have. Right. So for me, um, although my ancestors (laughs) was forced into it, I could accept that. But for me, I think, living in a day and time where we've had the opportunity to educate ourselves, it gives us more of an opportunity to start studying out for ourselves as individuals. And I think that even children that's raised up in a certain religion, once they get to a certain age, they start questioning things on their own. So as for me, I can finalize my beliefs in Christianity because of the relationship that I established with God and the experience that I've had with him for myself. So for me, it doesn't matter if everybody in the world stopped believing in Christianity and say Jesus was not the Messiah. I've had experiences where I know for myself that it's real. Um, I had an out-of-body experience. I'm a dreamer. I see visions. And so many things have come to pass. So whether someone say to me it's not real or not, you would never be able to take me from it because of my relationships. So unfortunately, it may have been forced on our ancestors, but it has worked for me. And I think I know more now than what my ancestors would have known. So the Bible said all things work together to the good of them that love God. So it's some things that may come in an abrupt way. But for me, if you're a believer, it works for your good. So this came from my ancestors and it has worked for my good. When something is forced upon you, and using the word once again, forced, it's not good for you. So I say that to go on to say this. We were fine 10, 12,000 years ago, proving fact 
and let me also interject this. And I don't do anything to brag or put me up. I'm, you know, as she said, and I appreciate the company of theologians. I'm not that. I'm just a guy who's trying to find the truth that's on a journey in his life to discover who is who he is and what he is to be from what he has done, be it good or bad. And saying that, I traveled to Israel 2016. Because I was a Christian, moving more over into the Hebraic understanding, because when you deal with the Bible, the Bible is not 66 books, it's really 39 books, plus the other missing 12 books that deals with the Torah, that deals with the Tanakh. So that's the Bible, because that's what the Jews said the Bible, and that's where the Christians got their Bible from. There is no New Testament when you deal with the whole Bible. That's something totally new. Strat, we deal with that later. So when I went there, I studied. And I'm talking real fast, because I only have a minute, and they may give me a couple more, so I'm saying stuff real fast. <laughs> I'm going to play this back three or four times, if you ain't listening. Tell the baby to be quiet. Tell the dog start barking. So I went there and I studied and I went to the Bethesda and I went to different things. And I want to say this to Wynette and Jamaica because they know foundationally in 1998 when I, when I incorporated the name Bethesda Community Church. Mm -hmm. Stating from John uh, 7 and 1, I got my eyes closed because I'm looking in my mind to see these.